<laughs> Anybody know what we're going to talk about today? <laughs> Thank you, Rhonda. Where'd she go? There she is. That was, that's good stuff right there, babe. Good stuff. Let's open up with a uh, word of prayer, please. Uh, Jerry, you want to open this, please, sir? Thank you, Jerry. We'll be in Luke if you want to turn there, Luke 16, specifically. Uh, the, the, the series title that uh, we're going to be looking at here for the next couple of weeks, and like I said last week, <laughs> is entitled, Jesus, My Choice. Today we're going to look at uh, the rich man and Lazarus and see what it has to say. If you remember last week, we talked about... Uh, the wise man and the foolish man, okay? And how the wise man built his house on the foundation of Jesus. We also talked about how the foolish man built his house on the sands of materialism and of pleasure and of good times and feel good. And when the storms came for the wise man, his life stood, did not crumble. But when the storms of life came for the foolish man, what happened? The walls of his life crumbled and he could not function in the world because he had nothing to hang on to. There was no anchor there because the sands were shifting when the rains came. And you remember we also talked about that, that the foolish man also had another issue that was looming on the horizon for him. And that issue was his spiritual eternity. And that one day because he had built his life on the sands of life, that one day he will stand before holy Jesus and will have to give an account for his life in that great day of judgment at, at the great white throne judgment. And he will have nothing to stand on because he had rejected Jesus. He had chosen not to have Jesus into his life. You see, the wise man had a decision to make, and that was whether or not to choose Jesus in his life or not. The foolish man had the same decision to make. Do I, do I choose Jesus and, and bring him into my life and incorporate him into my life, or do I just reject him? The same decisions that you and I get to make today. Do we, do we, do we decide in our life to, to choose Jesus, or do we choose not to choose Jesus in our life? That's the... That's the eternal question that we all will need to answer in our lives. I hope the series this today and, and others will encourage us as Christians to keep walking the walk and talking the talk and understand just how good Jesus is in our life and what he does for us. But if you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I hope this series 
will get you to the point in your life where, where you will say, yeah, Jesus, he's now my choice. I want him to be in my life. So that's what we're going to be looking at in the next couple of weeks. And, and like I said today, we will be looking at the rich man and Lazarus. Now, you probably know this story, but that's what we're going to be looking at today. So uh, Luke 16, if you're, you're there, that'll be, that'll be a good thing. As we look at this story, and, and I want to emphasize to you that it is not a parable. Jesus never said this was a parable. A parable is a story about a teaching point, but he never says that. In parables, he never uses a person's name, a specific person, never does that. But in this story, he, he uses a specific person's name. So in essence, he is saying that this is a real experience, a real person, real people, and this is what is really happening in their lives. You know, as we look at spiritual truths and eternal truths, you know, as, as, as the writers of God's Word had to write these da- things down, they used, obviously, human language and earthly kind of thoughts. And, and what we've got to understand now and, and, and later on is that, is that as we look at spiritual things and spiritual blessings and sp- spiritual thoughts, that, that they will be greater later on. They're going to be more magnified than what, whatever humans could speak of. And the horrors of, of Hades and the horrors of hell will be even greater than what even the writers could even express, limited with human words. So just keep that in mind as we, as we look at that. So let's look at verses 19. Start, start in verse 19. And there's going to be three things that we're going to look at today between these men. The difference in their lives... The difference in their death and their difference of eternity. Pretty basic stuff. Let's look at starting verse 19. And he says, Now there was a rich man, and he was dressed in purple and fine linen, joyously living in splendor every day. And a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate covered with sores, longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. You notice there that the rich man has no name. Lazarus has a name. And I, and I got to think about, I wonder why that is important. Why would Jesus go ahead and, and, and talk about this rich man and didn't give him a name? Because obviously he had one. But he gave Lazarus a name. He named him specifically. And I got to thinking about that. And I, I think I know why. You see, Lazarus was known by God. Lazarus knew God. And because Lazarus knew God and was known by God, God said, I'm going to give you some glory. I'm going to give you some honor. I'm going to include you in this book because you have included me in your life. But see, the rich man didn't know God. And in essence, you might even say that, that God didn't even know the rich man because the rich man had rejected God. And because he had rejected God, God would not give him any honor here on this earth. And he just gives him a title, but never gives him a name. John 10, 27 says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. See, that Jesus is sheep who born-again believers know him, and we follow him, and Jesus knows us. And I got to also thinking about that, you know. Uh, the rich man's name was probably not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Okay? Which is the most important thing, because one day when this man dies, he will be gone forever and forever and forgotten forever and forever. We see Lazarus here. I just want to just tell you a little bit about Lazarus and the difference of his life 
as opposed to the difference of the life of the rich man. Lazarus was dirt poor. You understand that? He was dirt poor. He was disabled. He couldn't get around. The Bible says he had sores all over his body. He, he didn't have anybody to really help him. And if he ever made it to the rich man's gate, somebody had to get him there. He was not able to walk there. He was in a very poor, poor and sad condition. He had no family that really loved him. No family that really cared for him. And, and we see him here as he's sitting at the gate and he's waiting for, he's waiting for the, the rich man to toss him, some, toss him a hunk of bread so that he can eat. And as he's sitting there at the gate, we find him, we find him trying to get something to eat and we see the dogs are licking the sores off of his body. And as he's competing with the dogs and competing to get the bread, there he sits and the dog's getting most of it. And it, you could almost put a picture of this guy as being, and being a nobody. A nobody in society, a nobody in life. Nobody would have known who he was. Nobody really cared about Lazarus. He was just there. He was filling, filling the time, if you would. But nobody really knew him. But there was one that knew him. And that was the Lord. You see, the Lord didn't give up on him. Even though this guy had a life that was, a, was miserable, if you would. God still knew his name. God still knew who he was. No matter how wretched he was, no matter what condition his life was, no matter what struggles he was having in his life, somewhere in the road of his life, he had trusted God. He had put his life in the hands of Jesus. And because of that, no matter what struggle he had right now, the Bible said God still knew his name. Jesus still knew his name and gave him glory and honor in putting his name in God's word. The rich man. The rich man was occupied with his own life. He had his own interests. He had his own pleasures. He had everything going for him. The rich man wasn't mean to Lazarus. He didn't hurt Lazarus in any form. He just ignored him. Didn't want to know his name. Didn't want to know who he was. It's some guy sitting at my gate and, and there you go. There's, there's a little bread. Made, probably made him feel good because he was helping this guy. And, and, and Lazarus just, uh, the rich man just didn't care. He had his own life going. Own pleasures, own desires, own interests. And this was just somebody that was in his way. He ignored him completely. Didn't care about what was going on in his life. You see, as Lazarus there sat there waiting for bread, what they would do back then, they would take a hunk of bread. And at the end of the meal, they would take the hunk of bread and they would wipe their hands on the bread to kind of clean their hands. And they would wipe their mouths and, with the bread. Toss it over there to him. That's what Lazarus was waiting on. You see, we see there's a, there's a big difference in the lives of these two people. Lazarus being poor and destitute and soared and handicapped. But he chose Jesus. The rich man had life going, had everything going for him. Life was good, had it by the tail. And yet he rejected Jesus. That's the choice these two men got to make. Well, what was the, what was the sin of the rich man? 
Was it because he was wealthy? Is that a sin to have a lot of money? Now you, you read in the Bible and there's a lot of folks that, that were wealthy in God's word. You know, uh, God's word tells us that, that money is the root of all evil. It could be, depending on how you deal with it. So what was, what was a rich man's sin besides rejecting Jesus? He was very self-indulgent, was he not? He was very self-centered. Life was all about him. He was more interested in, in what life could get to him than what he could give to life. This is my interest. This is what I want to do. He built his life on the sands of materialism, like we talked about last week. That materialism was the most important thing for him. Pleasure was the most important thing to him. His own interest, his own fun was more, was more important to him. And he lived his life that way. And, and as he builds his life on wealth and money and popularity and all that kind of good stuff, he's building on the sands, the sands that one day will erode and flow away. He was a man that hoarded all of his money. He hoarded all his money so that, that later on down the road in his life he could be better off and he could have maybe something bigger and more shiny and just more that people would go, ooh, look at me. And he, and he hoarded it and he craved it and he didn't care about anybody else. He had no compassion for anybody else. He, it was all about him and nothing about anybody else in his life. First John 3.17 says it this way. Whosoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does he have the love of God abiding in him? And, of course, the answer is he doesn't. It was all about him and nobody else. You see, these men had very, very, very different lives. They pursued different course in life. Lazarus had it hard. You know, the Bible never says that... that, that as Christians, we're going to have an easy life, does it? I mean, it never says that. I mean, I don't care what your prosperity preachers want to preach, but if you give more and more and more, that God will bless you more and more. That's not biblical. That sometimes life is going to be hard. And for this, for Lazarus, life was hard. Life was hard. But eventually life will be blessed because of his hardness that he had to deal with. So Lazarus, there he is, crippled up in hard life. The rich man, everything going good for him. Lives were different. The second thing I want to look at today is the differences of death. The difference of, it of death. In verse 22, we read these words. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom, which is paradise slash heaven. And the rich man also died and was buried. <laughs> the difference in death. We look at Lazarus first. Lazarus died, and what happened to him? The Bible says the angels came and carried him into the very presence of God. Do you understand that when, when one of the saints die, that God dispatches his angels to come and collect you and take you into the very presence of God? I don't know about you, but that is a very comforting thought, knowing that when you take your last breath here, God has already prepared his angels to come and get you to transport you, and which is a little bit ironic, I think, is, is here Lazarus is a, is a nobody, has nothing, but yet in that moment, in that twinkling of an eye, when the angels came and got him, they transported him into the very source of wealth, and that very source of wealth that he saw nothing here on this earth, but now he is sitting in the very presence of God. 
You can't get any more wealthier than that by sitting in the presence of God. He had nothing here, but in a twinkling, he had everything because he's now in God's presence. Nobody came to his funeral. Nobody would have sent flowers. Nobody would have said anything good about him because, you see, he was, again, he was a nobody in society. But what he had going for him was what? He had chosen Jesus in his life and put his trust in his Lord. The rich man. Look, say, well, look, it's, it's kind, of, kind of depressing when it talks about the rich man. The guy who rejects Jesus, he goes, and he goes, and the rich man also died and was buried. <laughs> he died, he's dead, he's buried. That, that, that's, all, that's all he got. But you can imagine what went on at that point. He's dead and gone, but you can imagine the funeral. They, they got him dressed up in all the fancy clothes, made him look good, put all the makeup on him, and, you know, got, got you know, filled in some spots that needed to be filled in. You know, you know what they do. And, and, and you just know that the funeral was the event of the town. All the upper, upper crust of, of society was going to be there. They were all coming to give him glory and honor. And you know what they talked about, how great a man that he was. How, how he helped in society and helped the community and how he helped people all over their little town there and just went on and on and on and on about him. But you know what the tragedy of that was? He didn't know anything about it. He wasn't there. The Bible says he was buried and he was dead and he was gone. And you see, he left behind, what he left behind was a legacy of pursuing the things of this old world. He left a legacy that says, I want to get as much material things as I can. I want to have as much pleasure and as fun as I can get. I want to feel good every time. And he leaves that legacy and he passes that legacy down to, to everybody. And, and this is all that life is, he would say. And yet as he moved from this life to the next life, he left all of that behind. Why would he leave it all behind? Because he had rejected Jesus in his life. 1 Timothy 6, 9 says it this way. But those that want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. Lazarus, nobody knew him. Nobody came to his funeral. For the rich man, everybody came to his. Everybody said good things about him. So you see, we had a big difference in the way they lived. Lazarus chose Jesus. The rich man rejected Jesus. The third thing quickly I want to just bring up is the difference in eternity between the two men. Because that's where it's at, is it not? I mean, that, that's the bottom line. That's where it's at, the difference in eternity. And I've got some things here I just want you to get, and Dirk will put them on the board and Let's look at these real quick. Verse 23, let's look at that verse first. He says, in Hades, he lifted up his eyes. He's talking about the rich man. Hades is the holding tank for the unbeliever, waiting for the great white throne judgment when they will be put into hell. But Hades is the holding tank. He lifted up his eyes, the rich man, being in torment, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus, in his bosom. The first thing that we see that Lazarus is in paradise and the rich man is in Hades. Lazarus is now in heaven. Lazarus no longer is in pain. He's no longer disabled. He no longer has sores. 
Lazarus is as whole and as well as he's ever been, better than he's ever been because he had chosen Jesus. We find the rich man, it says he was in Hades. The rich man was living his life like he wanted to. He was doing all those things that, that people do. He was living high off the hog. But all of a sudden, death came and snatched him from his comfort and his pleasure. And he's feel good. And immediately, the Bible says, he finds himself in Hades, a place of torment. No matter what he was doing on this, here on this earth, his last breath brought him into the holding tank known as Hades. Matthew 25, 46 says this, These will go into eternal punishment, he says, but the righteous into eternal life. The difference in, in eternity for them, one is now in paradise, one is in heaven, one is in, in, in the presence of God, and one is in torment and misery forever and forever. The second thing that we see here in those, in those verse, Lazarus is sharing and experiencing glory because he's in heaven. The rich man only sees the glory. The rich man only sees the glory. We, we read that in there. And, and he lifted up his eyes and being in torment, saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom, a picture of paradise. The rich man could see paradise, but it was such a long way away. The rich man could see the glory and the comfort and the peace and the joy of heaven, but he couldn't do anything about it. The rich man saw, saw uh, Lazarus there, the guy that he ignored all of his life and put down and threw him a few crumbs. He saw him there in the peace and the comfort and the joy of, of paradise and the joy of heaven. And he could see this, but he couldn't do anything about this because he is settled in torment. Luke thirteen twenty eight says this. In that place will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves are being thrown out. You see, Lazarus was in heaven. The rich man was in torment. And you see, he, he understood that and he could see that and he could feel that. One of the things that we read about in, in, in eternal torment was the desires of those people. The same desires that you have here on this earth, you will have in hell. Did you know that? The, the, the alcoholic will still want that drink. The drug addict will still want that fix. But that never will be satisfied. You'll never get that satisfaction knowing that. Okay? He saw it, but he couldn't do anything about it. Third thing, real quickly, I want you to see Lazarus has companions. The rich man is painfully alone. He has companions because you see Lazarus is in the, in the presence of the saints of glory. Because he had chosen Jesus in his life. The rich man was painfully alone in his misery. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's were going to be with him. No parties, no fun time, no uh, playing cards and drinking whiskey and smoking cigars, none of that. None of that was going to happen. All he was going to have in his eternal life was darkness. The Bible says he will have nothing but loneliness. He will have nothing but hopelessness. He will have nothing but torment and misery forever and forever. He is painfully alone. And what does he do? He has no, he has no hope. What is the difference between those two men in eternity? 
one chose Jesus and one chose not to accept Jesus. In verse 24, we read these words. And he said, and he cried out and said, Father Abraham, this is a rich man, have mercy on me. Yeah, he's worried about himself now. And send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue, for I am agony of this flame. What do we see here? Lazarus has the water. Matter of fact, Lazarus had the living water that only Jesus can provide. The rich man has this burning sensation that can't be quenched. He says, I am in torment. I am in, I, I am in torment. I need mercy. Please give me another chance. And if you would just, if you would just let Lazarus get a little tip of water on his finger. Just think about it. Just, just a little bit. All I want is just a little, and he could just touch my tongue, and I could get some relief, and I could get a second chance. And, and, he's, and he's crying out for mercy. He said, God, give me mercy. Give me just something to get me out of this pain and this misery and this torment that I'm in. What he was asking for in reality was, I need a second chance. Okay, I need a second chance. Now, here I am. I find myself, the rich man says, I find myself here in this torment, and, and I, I need a second chance. And what we find is there is no second chance. There is no second chance. Once we take our last breath here on this earth and we move to eternity, there is no second chance. Our eternity is set forever and forever and forever. And we can't come out. We can't get gone. We can't get a second. We're just, we're just there. And he says, I want help. I want a second chance. And yet he doesn't get that. In verse 25, we see that, that uh, Lazarus is silent. But the man, the rich man, remembers who he was and remembers his life. Verse 25, and Abraham said, Child, rich man, remember the things during your life. You received your good things and likewise Lazarus' bad things. But now he is being comforted here and you are in misery. You are in anger. One of the things we find is for the rich man, he remembers what life was like. He remembers his indulgence. He remembers the opportunities that he had to, to give Lazarus something else <laughs> to eat. He remembers the, the prophet that came to preach at his church. He remembers hearing the gospel presented. Maybe he remembers going to Sunday school or VBS and they were talking about Jesus. And he remembers those times when he maybe was sitting in church and, and something was moving inside of him. And he didn't know what it was, but it was the Holy Spirit trying to, trying to convict him and try to lead him and give, give him a direction and saying, you need to choose Jesus. He, he remembers all of those opportunities. In his mind, he said, ah, yeah. What misery that would be to be able to think back forever and forever knowing I had an opportunity on that day to choose Jesus and I didn't do it. I didn't do it because I had so much pride. I didn't do it because what would people say? I didn't do it because I'm, I'm living life off the hog and I, that, that Christian life just doesn't, doesn't fit into that. And he's sitting there thinking, man, if I'd only, if I'd only, if I'd only, if I'd only accepted him. You see, he remembers the opportunities that he had lost. Sixth thing I want you to see about his eternity real quickly. Lazarus is fixed permanently there. 
And so is a rich man. He's fixed permanently in his spot. Verse 26. And he says, besides all this, between us and you, there is a great chasm fixed. There's a great gulf between heaven, paradise, and Hades. So that those who, come, who wish to come over here from here to you will not be able, and that none may cross over from there to this. No passing over, no going out the back door, no sneaking away. And you see, you see for the sinner, you see for the sinner who chooses to reject Jesus in his life, who chooses to live independent of Jesus in his life, who doesn't need it, new Jesus, I'm, I'm living my life how I want to, I don't need any about that. Guess what? God gives him his wish. Did you know that? You want to live independent of me? God says, that's fine. I will grant you that wish, and I will let you live independently of me. You will be separated from me forever and forever. You'll never be able to come see us. You'll never be able to go there. I'll grant you your wish, and your wish is that you want separation? I'll grant you separation. Verse 27, 28 says this. And he says, then I beg you, Father. He's asking again for for mercy. That you send him, Lazarus, (laughs) to my father's house. All of a sudden, he and Lazarus are good buddies, apparently. For I have five brothers in order that they may warn them so that they may also not come to this place of torment. Lazarus is saying, this place is horrible. This place is so horrible. This is just misery. It's nothing... And I think he would be saying, you know, the things of this world, the wealth of this world, the pleasures of this world, the, all the great funds of this world, the materialism of this world. I believe the rich man is saying this. It ain't worth it now. It ain't worth it now. The Bible talks about temporal things and how we spend so much time on the, the temporal things of life. You know, from, from the grave, if you would, the rich man is saying it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Well, I thought it was in my life. I thought this was what I wanted to do. But he's saying it's not worth it. Go tell. Have Lazarus, if you would. Go tell my brothers. Go tell my family it's not worth it. Go tell them that, it's, that don't, you don't want to come here. Go tell them. Go tell them. Go tell them. And, and what, what the rich man doesn't understand is he's telling us <laughs> not to come here. He's telling us to avoid it. He's telling us that life is is not worth it here on this earth, that that's all we do if we choose not to have Jesus in our life. That's what he's telling us. But, of course, that doesn't happen. They're not sending Lazarus there. And then he makes this this last point here in verses uh, 29 and 30 and 31. So then he said, but Abraham says, you know, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. You know, let, let your brothers hear. Let your brother hear Moses. Let your brother hear uh, the prophets. Let your brother hear a good preacher. Let your brother brothers listen to the gospel message. I mean, get somebody over there that would send them to the gospel and, and, and teach them. But the rich man says, no, not, not, that, that, that's not good enough. He says, if you just send somebody from the dead, they will repent. 
If you just send somebody, the, the guy was saying what? There, you got to have a miracle here. I mean, if you just bring somebody and raise them up from the dead, and, and I guarantee you they'll repent. That, they don't want to listen to no born preacher. They don't want to listen to no born teacher. They, they don't want to read. They don't want to read no scripture. They don't want to do any of that. That 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 ain't going to get get them going. But man, if you have a miracle, you have a sign. I know they'll repent. And what we find out, God did send somebody that rose from the dead. And most people don't repent because of it. You see, it's not the sign that people need. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not a sign that that that, or a lack of a sign that causes people not to repent. You know what it is. It is your and mine and all of us desire to still live in sin. We still enjoy sin. Why don't we want to uh, change and convert? Because we still like our sin. It's not about a sign. It's not about a book. It's not about a preacher. It's that we still enjoy sin in our lives. And because of that, we refuse. People refuse to repent because of that. It's not about that. Romans 2.5 says this. Because of a stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you're storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. You see, Lazarus chose Jesus in his life. The rich man rejected Jesus in his life. And when you make those kinds of decisions... Okay, your eternity is set forever and forever. You know, they both lived their lives. Lazarus was poor. Lazarus was a nobody. The rich man lived his life in luxury, had every trappings of this old world. Both men died. One was carried to the very presence of holy God. One immediately stepped into his eternity, separated from holy God in torment and misery forever and forever. And as they stepped into eternity, the rich man found out that none, none of it was worth, none of it was worth this old life that he did. Wasn't, just doesn't, doesn't count anymore, he would say. And as we look at this uh, sermon series today and through the next couple of weeks, what is the difference between these two men? And what is, it, what is the, the one factor that makes these two men different? And that is Jesus. Jesus, my choice. Jesus, not my choice, if you would. And we see that lives are lived differently because they choose Jesus or not. We see that, that death is different when they choose Jesus and not. We see that eternity is different when they choose Jesus or not. The same difference is in your life and in my life too. Did you know that? We have that same choice to make. Are we Lazarus? We put our faith and trust in Jesus. Or do we, are we the rich man that says, I don't need, I got my own life. And from the grave, the rich man is screaming to us. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Don't care what people say. Don't care that you have pride and they might criticize you. Don't care that when you stand for the Lord that they say something and they might hurt your feelings. Don't care about that. 
Because it's not worth it. That house is not worth it. That relationship is not worth it. That car is not worth it. That pleasure is not worth it. He screams from the grave, it's not worth it. Go tell, have somebody tell them. Avoid that. Because this place is awful. And if there was a worse word than awful, I would use it. It is awful, he says. Friends, we've got to understand that God is offering you the greatest gift he's ever given to this world. And that is his son. And his son makes all the difference in the world. Just like that verse I read in Luke 10. What's the greatest thing that God's ever given to you? He's given you the opportunity to choose his son, Jesus. So that you can live for eternity with Lazarus. (laughs) Okay, because that's where he's at. And the choice is yours, and the choice is mine. Are you going to choose to be a wise man, like last week? Are you going to choose Jesus? Build your life on the foundation of Jesus. Or are you going to be the foolish man, like the rich man, who says, this is all there is. I'm going to live it up till I die, and then I don't know what's going to happen. Man, I would urge you today, if, if you have never accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, man, this would be a great day to do it. Jesus, my choice. Is Jesus your choice? And if he is your choice, this, this message ought to be encouragement to you. An encouragement to live the life that he's called you to live. An encouragement to tell somebody else. You don't want that for eternity. As we bow our heads and close our eyes, I'm going to ask you to do business with the Lord. I don't know how God has spoken to you, but if there is something going on in your heart that you don't understand, you need to come talk about it. It very easily could be the conviction of your Holy Spirit. If you know in your heart that you've never chosen Jesus as Lord and Savior, today is the day to do it. Don't reject Him. Don't put it off. Today is the day of salvation. Don't somewhere down eternity say, man, I wish, I wish, I wish. Don't do that. Just step up. Accept Christ as Lord and Savior. Get her done today. That's the call today. The altars are open. Do business with God. If you haven't told anybody about the great salvation of Jesus, ask him to unlock your tongue and tell somebody. Because it's the greatest story in the history of stories. Do business with God, please, I'm asking. Choose Jesus today, if you would, please.